Yeah, I'd probably, you know, everyone on our team is making money because we do we do a very good job of training. Um, and the beauty of what it is, is, and here's the way I look at it. If they don't make money, I don't make money. I may be the owner, but in this real estate business, if we don't put enough time into our, our people that are on the sales floor or on our dispo team, then we don't make any money either. So we have an obligation to pour, you know, energy, time, and training into them as well. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. All right, guys, today I get to interview Bob Chance, and I have so much I want to talk to you about because you're doing tons of crazy deals. You have a VA staffing company. You've exited a, a portfolio of deals. I brought you a lot of money. There's all kinds of cool things we could talk about today. Bob, thank you so much for joining us in the show. What I want to talk about first, though, is something that obviously was in your past, which is your dad encouraging you to be a professional hockey player as opposed <laughs> to following him in the trades. Like, what was that like as a son being encouraged by your parents to pursue uh, sports as opposed to uh, following the family business? Well, I had two two good mentors, my older brothers. My uh, my middle brother was actually drafted number four in the world by uh, the New York Islanders back in 91. So I always had my two older brothers as obviously mentors uh, on that side of it, sports. And my father's real passion was hockey. So he guided us towards that side. And you know, we played everything from, you know, football to soccer to baseball to hockey growing up. So we were, he was pushing us in that, in that area the whole time. And, and he would always tell us the the lessons that you get taught or are taught in the sports world translate into anything that you do later on, especially in the business world. So, um, and he also saw the ups and downs. He went through some recessions as a contractor. So he wanted us to get out of there, get a degree, um, which unfortunately I did not get. I was two classes short of getting my degree and never went back because they signed a professional contract. And then, and then, you know, fast forward today, obviously uh, I'm in the real estate space, the space that he actually, well, he didn't want me to get in a contracting space, but on the investing side, it's a little different. Yeah, right on. Now you played hockey. It looks like you still have most of your teeth or all your teeth, right? Like, I mean. I, I did. I, I got one fake one. As you can see, it's a little different color than the other ones. Right. <laughs> I one of the, I don't know if I should say this or not, but one of the things I love about going to hockey is you get obviously the entertainment of the sport, and then you get the entertainment of some of the fights. Right? As a player, what was it like yep. for you? Did you find yourself, you know, enjoying those fights, not getting in them? Yeah, I didn't fight that much. I was more of a playmaker. Uh, so yeah. for me, it was uh, yeah, I was causing the trouble, and I had all the big guys come over and protect me. So I was more of a playmaker on that side of it. Right. Um, so obviously I love what you're saying about how the competitive nature of being an athlete and the things that that and the team nature of it, all those types of things really can parlay well into business. Um, so kind of take us into what would you say for you uh, are the traits or things that you experience in business that you attribute to sports? You know, it's funny. I also have a podcast called Pucks to Properties where we interview ex-players that jumped into real estate and it's all the same stuff as you look at, you know, the, the, the battles that we do on a daily basis in business, right? There's ups and downs, especially, you know, look at the real estate space. If you're focusing on wholesaling or even rehabbing, you know, you buy a property, you're fixing up, the checks aren't coming in right away, right? It takes a little time for that big check to come in and wholesaling obviously fills those gaps, right? With rehabbing because you get more repeatable checks. But some of them think about this as a as an athlete, you're used to getting beat up, meaning, you know, you're getting hit, you're 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 not making the team or you're not making the NHL or you're you're something happens or you're not in the first line. You're on the second line. Right. You're, you, you set a goal. You don't quite hit it. Uh, and there's a lot of ups and downs in the business. If you start looking at 
how business runs and how it rolls, um, you know, you get beat up on a daily basis for business. I love it. See, I love it, but it, it equates and it relates a lot to what happens in the in the professional and sports world to how business is on a daily basis. A lot of times too, like when I, I love watching sports, I love watching the post interviews, even when it seems routine, because they're talking about like, hey, I just, you know, one rep at a time. And it seems like professional athletes learn or are forced to learn that it's a routine game. It's a game of uh, consistency mm-hmm. with intentional growth kind of built into that. Is that the same in the hockey world? Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty interesting because you start looking at that. Even in the summertime, you're preparing for the season. So everything, if you look at what business is and look at real estate, you have to set up systems and processes in real estate, right? You need marketing. You need branding. You need lead generation. You need someone to take those leads. You need someone to convert those leads. So when you look at sports, it's kind of the same concept, right? And you're working with a team typically in real estate. There's no, It's tough to be a lone wolf now. Uh, you know, you see individuals, hey, I only want to do this myself. You're only going to go so far if you don't have a team. I think that's very, very important. I mean, look at the success you guys had. We were just talking a little bit uh, before this about some of the the units that you own and different ideas. Same thing with us. You know, I'm only as good as my team, and that's the way I've always looked at it. And in sports, it's the same thing. You have your trainer. You have your coaches. You have your teammates. You have everyone that encompasses a team that helps you win because in the end, Whatever your championship is, you're going to define what that championship is. If it's to own another mobile park for you, that's going to be, you know, that's going to be your championship for this year. Next year, it's going to be, all right, your Super Bowl or your Stanley Cup is going to be maybe two of those or maybe be an LP for something, as an example. 100%. And so one of the interesting things about sports is like people are playing a specific position, right? But in business, Mm -hmm. when you come in, you're kind of everything. You're every position. You're the coach. You are the player. you're, You're all the things. How did you balance maybe having that zeroed focus and on one position to running an organization? Yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting because when you start, you're doing everything exactly like you just said. Um, And what you do when the most important thing, I think, for anybody to do is start documenting, identifying what roles and what positions that you need in your business. And I know there's a lot of obviously listening to your podcast. You could get probably, you know, 10 different business models from just listening to your podcast as an example. What I did is I looked at all of those different roles and I would hire someone. Now I obviously have a virtual assistant company, so I plug in virtual assistants that handle a lot of my business. But for you know, for anyone listening to this, what you have to do is you pluck yourself out of one role, put someone in. Pluck yourself out of another role, put someone in. And that's how you start building an organization. It's like first you need a you need a head coach, then you need an assistant coach, then you need right, and then you need a strength and conditioning coach as an example of, you know, obviously putting the same touches of of the example of, of sports to business. Yeah. A lot of people struggle building uh, a business around virtual assistants, right? But then some people like mm-hmm. me and obviously you to a much larger degree love virtual assistants and have grown businesses off of them. So can you describe maybe some of the things that you do differently uh, surrounding VAs yep. that makes it really work for you? Yeah, and I'll give you my whole model. We were just talking a little bit about models. We have, I got to recheck. I think we have over 20 VAs that work just specifically for my real estate investment company. Uh, last year, we did over 240 deals. This year, we're on pace, hopefully, to, to surpass 300. But we use our virtual assistants to cold call, text message, um, take leads. So they're driving all the leads to my sales floor. And once the sales floor gets them, then they're going to turn those, obviously, into contracts. Now we have, I can't remember what it is. I got to go look back in our database, but we're at about 
you have five to 8,000 older leads too. So we, now we have a lead manager in there dialing all the time to, to get someone back on the phone to now make them again into a warm lead. So you get a lot of old leads that you, you always have to keep going because if someone's not ready to sell today, it doesn't mean they're going to be ready to, or doesn't mean they're not going to be ready to sell tomorrow. So that's the concept of, so we have our upfront virtual assistants. We have our lead managers and we also have a team also helping with the TC side of it. Um, also branding, cutting up uh, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. But on our real estate business, that's what we do. We do a lot of the lead gen because if you don't have leads in our business, you're, you're going to be very, very difficult to be successful in this business. What elements of your business are not run by virtuals? Uh, well, we have all the lead generation, like I said, come in from the virtual assistants, but we have our closers in-house. Um, and I've tested every type of virtual assistant in the world to be a closer, but um, I find it way better. And I know some people are good and you're not, but um, it's your business. It's our, it's up to us to make money in our business. So I'd much rather have those hot or warm leads be sent to you or me to close those because we know our exit strategy, right? We know our numbers, right? So I think it's very, very important on the closing side to have um, an in-house person or you or me or any one of your listeners to handle those leads. So we have a lot of front end. And then after that, like I said, it moves over. Once we get in our contract, we have our disposition team that's here as well. Um, and then we also have, like I said, our V is our lead manager. Other than that, um, we have transaction coordinator help from our virtual assistants. And um, it's pretty much obviously the wholesale business in our nutshell. So would you say the vast majority of your business on the investing side is generated by outbound calls? Um, outbound calls, texts. We also do PPC and direct mail as of right now that could change tomorrow, but that's our, but majority of them, I'd say 90% are cold calling text message from our VAs. Okay. So you, I mean, for a lot of people, they have a hard time getting that, that arm going, particularly if it's VA. Um, so I'm very curious to know, what do you feel like is the difference for you? Do you feel like it's the scripting, the number of follow-up calls? Where do you feel like it really comes in? Yeah, it's a training and we train all our virtual assistants on our exact script of what we use in our office. And we're in one of the toughest markets. You know, we're in uh, Northeast. I don't know if anyone investing in the Northeast, we're a different breed here. A, a seller is way different in the Northeast than they are in the South. Um, we're doing this. You and I spoke before this. We're in uh, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Um, I might be, I might miss a state. I got to ask my real estate business partner. We're in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Arkansas, probably another couple, but those are, those are the main ones right now. Okay. And so a lot of times one of the struggles that people have is, is the accent or some of the lack of knowledge about how people talk in the States. Do you only hire people that are, are, are VAs that are already kind of there, or can you train them out of that? You could train them out of that. So we all my virtual assistants are in the Philippines. So I started my first uh, virtual assistant company in 2014. I started real estate back in 2004, but it's never been a problem um, in my area or anywhere else that we're doing real estate right now with accents because the way we do it in our system is let's just talk about text messaging. We'll send the initial text. As soon as they respond back, they will also pick up the phone and call them to really pre-vet and pre-screen that lead before they send it over. So the leads that come in our office are very, very high quality. So at what point in your journey, because I'm assuming you were using them for yourself first and then decided to kind of launch yep. the business, what, what was the turning point for you for saying, hey, this is a business of its own? 
You know, it's funny. I actually started the business. Um, I was running a coaching program. I helped start a, a coaching program with a bunch of my buddies, a company called Fortune Builders back in 2007. And through the years, my, my main role was to um, build up the coaching program. So I'd find coaches, I would train them, I would get them, you know, get them up and running. And one of the main challenges with every student that came by was the lack of time they had in their day, because a lot of them worked part-time, full-time, et cetera. So they didn't have enough time in their day. So I was always looking for a service or a product or something to help the student base. And, um, you know, over the years, this started in 2007. So I was thinking about this for years. And then 2013, I got introduced to what a virtual assistant was. And I was like, huh, all right, let me, let me use one. And then I brought on a coach, a, a coach of fortune millers that was using VAs. And I'm like, boom, there's a business there because you can marry the, the training that I helped put together here with the virtual assistant space in the real estate investor world. Cause it wasn't, it was more on the agent side, but not in the investor world back in 2013. So I launched my first company in 2014, you know, proof of concept first two years. And then, you know, grew from there to where we're over a thousand VAs right now. Everyone who listens to our show knows Tim and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times that you've watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. The results prove this out. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secrets that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is not something that we're okay with. The benefit of working with Tim and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We're able to work with you to pick the strategy that will best fit and then help you create the custom plan to take you quickly into financial freedom. As a former math teacher, I always taught my students that the fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us. And let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. 1,000 VAs. And that's from 2000, you said 13 all the way to now, so 10 years? Yep. Yeah, yeah, 2014 was the first time I launched a company. Yep. Wow. So, what is your vision for that company? Like, how big do you want to see it get? I'd like to see it get to about 2,000 VAs. Um, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff that we do because we have a charity over there in the Philippines as well. We run a lot of good stuff. We offer a lot of benefits, like healthcare, paid healthcare for our individual, our our uh, virtual assistants as well. So, there's a lot of good stuff that comes about. I wouldn't say, you know, I haven't set a goal to say, Hey, I want 5,000, but I'd say, you know, double the business would be just a, you know, it's a, it's a nice business to have. And obviously it's a, a profitable business. Yeah. And so how, how do you decide where to place your focus now, as far as the businesses? And obviously you got a great investing company. You've got a very, very profitable, uh, VA company. How, how do you decide what to do with your time and your energy? You know what? I set everything up pretty good. So in the morning time, I spend a lot of time, probably about two to three hours on my virtual assistant company. Um, usually it's probably, I block it off from eight to about 11. And then from 11 on, I usually do real estate unless I'm doing a podcast like this, right? That obviously promotes, promotes both of them. Um, and I also have a podcast that typically runs on Thursdays about 1130. 
So I'm, I'm juggling that way, but I have a, you know, my calendar's filled and we, we keep it pretty tight and on how we actually spread out the time. I have a, an incredible real estate business partner as well. Um, Adam, who, you know, takes a lot, a lot of the, the rain on the real estate side and I'm running the VA side. Yeah, that makes total sense. And do you guys partner on both businesses together or is it you're just partnered with him on the real estate side? Just partner on the real estate side. And my virtual assistant team is phenomenal. The director of the Philippines is the best. So you need, like I said before, you need um, you need a team to really be successful. And and you're only as good as, as who you have on your team and who you have, you know, right next to you. So I'm, uh, I would have to give, you know, a huge shout out to my director of the Philippines and obviously Adam here, my, my business partner on the real estate side. So when people are thinking about virtuals, I think there's like a lot of times there's two different paradigms. There's like, hey, I'm so thankful I get to hire this so much cheaper. So they go get the cheapest out there. And then there's some people that are like, well, I want to I want to get the best. So I'm willing to pay, you know, the really, really good money uh, for the Philippines. But, you know, uh, maybe I don't save as much on this side. Like what's your guys' take on as you're hiring? You know, where do you fall in that spectrum? So we're about mid-range. We're at 1060 an hour right now. Um, we've tried everything. Like I, I went to go get the cheapest VAs out there. People are promoting, oh, you could get them for pennies on the dollar. Well, I tried all those. And what you find out is you get what you pay for. Um, you'll have a, a, a lot of uh, virtual assistants that are going to quit on you. you know, you'll invest a ton of time in them. And then all of a sudden they're gone. And you're like, all right, why did they leave? It's because you're not paying them enough. So it's very, very important to know um, it's kind of like, and I use this analogy all the time. I'll never forget. I bought a Home Depot door in one of my first houses I bought. And obviously I live up here in the Northeast. So in the summer times it gets hot and the winter time it gets cold. And that door was, it was a hundred dollar back door and the wind kept whipping through. So my electric bill, never realized this, but my electric bill went through the roof and I was looking at that door every day. And I'm like, you know what? I am never going to buy something that's cheap. I'm going to pay for something that is quality. So that's, that's the best way I can explain it. You, you know, you get what you pay for in this world. How are you screening for quality? I mean, cause you could obviously raise the, what you offer on the, the job boards or those types of things. Obviously, yeah. you know, people can go through you and, and, and maybe solve that problem. But, but yep. if someone is trying to hire, like, how do you screen for quality? Yeah, we have a, a recruiting team, a sourcing team. We have a training team. So what we do is we go through thousands of applications per month and we sift through them and our team gets on the phone and they interview everybody. If they go through the process and they make it through, then they go to our training team. They don't start yet with anybody. They train for about a month and then they go through testing each and every week. And then we do PI assessments as well. So they have to go through that and they have to pass our test. We only have about 5% of the individuals that come through, make it through. Because, so what that means is, I know that doesn't seem like it's, it's a good step, but it's a very good step because we sift through, we weed through all the individuals that you never would want to hire in the first place. How, like, how active did you have to be in the growth of this business? Like, at what point did you find that director? Like, how much of this has been the, the work of your hands versus the work of your team? Um, you know, at the beginning, it was a lot, obviously a lot of hands on a any business that you start from scratch, you're working, I'm, I don't know, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week at the beginning. So the first two years, there's a lot of work. And then after that, once you set up just like anything else, right, just like a wholesale business, just like a rehab business, right? In a, in a rehab business, start, you got your contractors, right? And then you have to start with your consistent marketing. And then you have to actually take the leads in, analyze leads and make offers. So it's the same thing. Once you have all of those processes set up, 
it gets easier year after year after year because you'll plug the, the, your key individuals into those roles and pull yourself out to where you're sitting in the owner's box. Yeah, absolutely. And so what do you see as like the vision for your future? Like where do you want to take your, your own investing in life? You know what? Um, I'm going to start. I think we talked about this before too. We, you know, we had about 40 doors that were, that were bought and um, I sold them all because of the height of the market after COVID. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm either going to make a $50,000 check here or I'm going to make $300 cash flow per month. I'm like, all right, I took $50,000. I divided by 300. I'm like, all right, it's going to take me what? 10 plus years to make $50,000 on that one house. So, yeah, so we liquidated everything, took the cash, dumped it back into the business. Obviously, we, we grew our infrastructure here as well. Um, but I want to go back to purchasing single family, most of single family homes. I own some syndications that I still that I still own, um, but I want to start buying single family homes all over the country again. Yeah. And single family homes obviously can be a great source of great profit and appreciation, so on and so forth. But like the... Um, they can also create a lot of headache too. Like what's your strategy mm-hmm. for making it not like a, a bad business? Uh, hire a good, right now it's hiring a good management company. Um, my business partner's buying properties down. Uh, I have a buddy down at he owns uh, uh, JWB Jackson, Jacksonville Wealth Builders. Um, I know those guys, they were actually part of our coaching program, the first students of Fortune Builders coaching programs. And uh, they have a fantastic product down in, down in Florida. So, uh, my business partner's testing them right now. I think he's at, he could be at 10 properties already. So that's one of the avenues. And it's really vetting out first the property management companies. So that's that's where we're going to start. So how are you guys funding these deals? Are you using creative strategies, your own money? How are you guys taking these down? Yeah, we wholesale and we use our own money. So those are two of the ways. And we do have some private money just in case we need to tap into it. But mostly we're, we're funding them ourselves and we're um, wholesaling mostly. Wholesaling. So you're kind of using like a, a certain amount, like a, we'll wholesale a certain number of deals, take that cash and use that cash to buy the next couple of deals that we hold. Exactly. And sometimes we, you know, we have to fund some out. So we wholesale them, we buy them and then, you know, resell mm-hmm. them. We, sometimes we have to do like a little work to them, but we're not a rehab company at all. So we take those funds and we'll put, you know, 10 to 20% into purchasing. You know, that's going to be the goal. Like I said, right now I'm just stacking my cash right now. And I'm not buying properties, um, but that is going to be probably in the next year. I'm going to start adding them. If I get on this next time, maybe I'll own 100 of them. We'll, uh, we'll have a different conversation. That'd be fun. Do you feel like there, like, is, is this a means to an end? Do you see yourself doing this forever? You know what? Um, my father's turned 77 tomorrow. And um, ever since he retired, his health kind of is eh, so, so, so. I talk yeah. about this with my business partner all the time. I don't see myself ever retiring because you know, you got to keep busy. I just look at this and, and start saying, you know, money's one thing, but staying active is another thing. I think, I think activity creates better health overall and gives you just, you know, more vibrancy and just will prolong your life. That's, that's my take on it because money's one thing. Money doesn't buy health at all. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you, I mean, with multiple companies, how do you either balance or integrate family into what you're doing? Well, I have three kids, all of them play hockey. So, um, and, and hockey's at night and on the weekends. Um, I don't, for me right now, I used to work on the weekends all the time. I used to work on nights all the time. Now I don't have to, right? Obviously with the, the correct teammates and the, 
virtual system, the way I set up that system and that calendar and the, the process when I actually have to do stuff or not. Obviously, sometimes I have to I have to go to different events and you know speak on stage and things like that. But um, that's probably let's say five six times a year. Um, other than that, I'm free for my kids. Yeah, love it. Um, and so your goal for the VA company is to go from a thousand to two thousand. What's your goal for the investment side? The investment side, I would love to do a thousand deals. Uh, a year and that's obviously a lot of deals um and it's it's just it's a fun goal to try to attain and and it's fun trying to build your team and like i said we're at about 12 reps we have a couple virtual reps coming on um and we we're using it's actually pretty interesting we're using our podcast to hire um ex-athletes so that those are the individuals we're going after just because you know there's a lot of synergy a lot of like-mindedness and and setting goals and working together as a team and trying to attain certain types of you know, wins and things like that. So it's uh, it's actually a fun ride. What level of athlete would you say is kind of the minimum standard to uh, to call him an athlete? <laughs> anyone they, who played, you know, anyone who played. I probably have to say, well, we have a lot of kids that um, went to college or played junior hockey. Um, and a lot yeah. of them have played pro. So I'd say college, junior, but we've had individuals that have played in high school that, you know, we have one individual that's played growing up and he was a cop. Um, and he just, he left the, the police force after eight years to join our team, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And so what, what have you seen the success rate? Like, I mean, obviously that you're kind of stacking the deck in your favor, getting people who are high, driven, high energy, mm-hmm. competitive, creating a, a unified culture. What would you say yep. the success rate is for you guys? Um, meaning who makes money, who doesn't? Yeah. You? Yeah. Yeah. Tenure, duration, success. Yeah. Money. Yep. Yeah, I'd probably see, you know, everyone on our team is making money because we do we do a very good job of training. Um, and the beauty of what it is, is, and here's the way I look at it. If they don't make money, I don't make money. I may be the owner, but in this real estate business, if we don't put enough time into our, our people that are on the sales floor or on our dispo team, then we don't make any money either. So we have an obligation to pour, you know, energy, time, and training into them as well. Well, and my understanding of your business model, right, is you've got this backdrop of virtual assistants that are texting and calling. And so anybody that you're bringing on is kind of stepping into that role right away, that closer role where they're able to just close the deals that are ahead of them. Is there like a six month or year period they have to show themselves before they get access to the opportunities or? Nope. So right away, right when those leads come into our database, um, we're using Podio right now. And we're, I think we're looking at to transfer into Salesforce, which is going to be obviously a little different, but what happens is all of those leads jump, dump into our database. And then the newer guys obviously can't call on some of the stuff. So we obviously identify which they can call on, but it takes them about probably about, I'd probably say three to probably five months to start making money. Cause obviously when you get a property under contract, you need to sell it. So that's, that's a life cycle of, of how it looks like in this office. How long would you say on average it takes your guys to hit six figures plus? Uh, well, well, our top guy uh, last year, when he first started the first year, he made over $200,000. Another guy made over 150000 So this is in the first year of business. But it takes, like I said, it takes a little while. It'll take probably three to five months to get that one check. But once, you, you know, once they start coming, they'll start popping, popping, popping. Yeah, love it. Bob, man, thanks for hopping on. Where can people find you? I mean, obviously, you got a thousand VAs that you're, you're putting out there. If people need a VA or want a VA, how can they connect with you? 
Yeah, they can just go to our website at RevaGlobal, R-E-V-A Global.com. Also, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, all those kind of places. Um, and if you're looking for a strategy session, just go to our website. There's a button on there that says strategy session, and you can talk to our team. Awesome. Bob, thanks so much. Uh, guys, if you're out there listening, write down something you learned from today. Maybe virtuals are something that will help your business. I know it's obviously helped Bob. It's helped me. I've had virtuals for the last eight years. Um, they played a crucial role in helping us grow our business. So write down something you learned, share it with somebody you know so they can hold you accountable because freedom is acquired one action at a time. And if you take steps day by day before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 